I am speaking to you at a moment of grave crisis. I'm Jeff Turner, and this is Recall. It's a series about history. Not the ancient past, but history that's still hot to the touch. In this first season, I explore a revolutionary political movement that brought a modern democracy to the brink. You can find Recall, How to Start a Revolution, on the CBC Listen app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Welcome to The Dose. We heard recently that fewer women got their regular screening mammograms during the pandemic, and now more advanced cancers are showing up. There's been some controversy about whether or not women in their 40s should get routine mammograms. So this week we're asking, what do I need to know about breast cancer screening? Hi, Paula. Welcome to The Dose. Hi, Brian. When you want to encourage women to get screened for breast cancer, what's your go-to pitch when you're talking to them? There are two benefits of getting screened and having cancer detected early. One is that women are less likely to die of breast cancer. The other is that if they do get breast cancer, they can be successfully treated with less aggressive treatment. And uh, how do women respond when, uh, when you tell them that? When they get the facts, they completely get it, and most women want to be screened. Okay, well, I'm looking forward to our conversation, but before we begin, can you give us a hi, my name is, tell us what you do and where you do it, just ad-lib. Hi, my name's Dr. Paula Gordon. I'm a breast radiologist in Vancouver. I'm a clinical professor at the University of British Columbia. Okay, let's dig into our conversation. What's the gold standard for breast cancer screening in Canada right now? Well, that depends where you live. Uh, the gold standard would be for all women to have annual mammograms starting at 40. And there are four provinces right now that allow women to refer themselves without a doctor's requisition to start having mammograms at 40. Only one of them lets all average risk women come at 40. And it happens to be Yukon, not one of the provinces. But what women can easily access uh, depends on where they live. And we're just talking about mammograms. We're not talking about ultrasounds or MRIs Correct. or anything like that. Correct. Some provinces uh, don't start letting women self-refer until they're 50. But theoretically, any woman should be able to start having mammograms at 40, even if she's in a province that doesn't start till 50, by going to her doctor and having a conversation. And the doctor should give her a requisition if she just chooses to have mammograms. Okay. So being proactive is important, especially in those provinces that don't have routine screening for women in their 40s. What about self-exams? Self-exams, have the term self-exam has even gone out of fashion, but that's how a lot of women find their cancers, by noticing a lump in their breast. And the question is, is a woman going to deliberately check her breast to look for changes that might indicate cancer, or is she going to accidentally bump into something, say in the shower, that she then goes to her doctor about? I would encourage women to do periodic breast self-exams. That The new expression is that women should be breast aware. In other words, be aware of your breasts. And if you notice a change, then go to your doctor and have it checked. 
but that's leaving things kind of up to chance. And I think it makes sense for women to get to know what their normal texture, their normal breast lumpiness, if you will, is. And that way, they're more likely to notice uh, when that change is small. And how should women go about examining themselves, being breast aware, as you've said? Well, as I said, uh, you can do it in the shower, for example, when your hand is soapy and your hand slides more easily over the breast. Women with larger breasts that tend to hang down more might want to lie down so their breast is more flat on their chest wall. And there are many, many illustrations of how to do breast self-examination on the internet. The one I like the best is by Dr. Liz O'Reardon. She is a breast surgeon in the UK who's had breast cancer. And if you just go on YouTube and put in her name uh, and breast self-exam, you'll find it. It's only three minutes long and women can feel much more confident that they're doing it properly if they watch that. I want to talk about the value of screening. You've already said in your pitch to women that if they get regularly screened, you can detect cancers earlier, you can save lives. So what do we know about survival rates when breast cancer is found early through screening? Now we talk about five-year survival, for example, and uh, the Canadian Cancer Society shows that when breast cancer is detected at what we call stage zero or one, the five-year survival is uh, virtually 100%, 99 plus percent of women are still alive five years later. As the stage at diagnosis goes up, the five-year survival drops. And at stage four, when a cancer is diagnosed and it's already stage four, which means it's spread to other parts of the body, the five-year survival, even with the great treatment we have and the strong chemotherapy we have now, is only 22%. So early detection really matters. And you know we are focusing a fair amount on women in their 40s because there, there's a lot, as I've already said, there's a lot of controversy or there's some controversy over, over the value of regular screening mammograms for women in that age group. But, but in terms of statistics, do we know how often or how common it is for women in their 40s to get breast cancer and to die of it? We know that 17% of breast cancers occur in women in the 40s. Now, if you look at it fairly, you're going to look at each decade separately. So what percentage in the 40s, what percentage in the 50s and 60s and so on? No decade of life is more than 25%. So the fact that 17% are in the 40s is really um, important because when women do get breast cancer before they go through menopause, those cancers grow faster than in older women. So that the number of cancers in the 40s is significant. And we know that if women don't have screening, those cancers are being detected later. And those women are going to need more aggressive therapy. They're more likely to need a mastectomy and not be a good candidate for a lumpectomy. They're more likely to need chemo and so on. So even if they survive, their quality of life uh, going through breast cancer is not as good as women where it's found early. And they've, there was a recent publication showing that in provinces and territories that screen in the 40s, women are diagnosed earlier, not only in the 40s, but even in the 50s. So it's important for women listening to this, women in their 40s listening to this, to, to know and understand that they do have a risk of breast cancer and, and that it needs to be detected because if it's detected as early as possible, uh, then it can have an important that can have an important impact on their survival. Yes, and I would say, Brian, 
We need women in the 40s who decide to have a mammogram to understand that like a pap test or other screening tests, there are false alarms in mammograms. So when we see something on a mammogram and we want to know more about it and we call the patient back for more mammography pictures or more ultrasound or whatever, 95% of the women who we call back don't have cancer. Women need to know going in for that very first mammogram, there's a reasonable chance they will be recalled. And if they are, don't panic, but go and have the extra tests, which are going to either, at the end of the day, rule out cancer or perhaps even find a cancer. And if it is found, at least we're finding it earlier. Some critics have said that uh, women called back, as you've described, and, and it turns out to be okay, a false alarm, a false positive, as, as you've suggested, that that would be generating needless anxiety in those women. What do you say about that? You only know at the end of the day that it was needless. That's number one. Um, and we know that it causes anxiety, but that anxiety is short-lived. And it's been shown that it doesn't cause long-term damage. On the other hand, if that's the excuse you're going to use for not offering screening to women in the 40s, you're also losing the opportunity to find those cancers that can be lethal. So women need to know that a false alarm can happen. They need to know... And they need to be reassured. Don't panic if you get called back. So you're saying that women in their 40s should have regular mammograms. How often should they? Ideally, annually. Because as I said, when cancers do occur in the 40s, they tend to grow faster. So if you screen them less often than every year, you're giving those cancers, those 17% of cancers, time to grow more before we find them. The fact is that the rap, more rapid growth of cancers is not just women in the 40s. There are women in the early and mid-50s still having menstru menstrual periods. If a woman is not yet through menopause and she gets breast cancer, it's going to grow faster. So, so setting the age limit at 40 to 49 is kind of arbitrary. I think women should continue having annual mammograms at least till they're through menopause. And then if they're menopausal and they take hormones, they should probably continue having annual mammograms then. In fact, as I said, the gold standard would be for all average risk women to having annual mammograms starting at 40. What about women in their 20s and 30s? Well, the sweet spot for starting mammography for average risk women is age 40 because that's when the incidence ticks up and when the radiation uh risk, if you will, is negligible. The The risk for re mammography radiation is really to women under age 20. But we don't do mammograms routinely until age 40 because breast cancer is not rare, but it's not common enough to justify doing mammograms on the whole population. So just to be clear, when you were talking about women age 50 to, to say, age 75, there are some arbitrary... Uh, um, screening guidelines out there that state that women should be receiving regular mammograms every two years instead of annually, as, as you've suggested. But you think that needs to be modified based on the individual risk of that woman. Have I got it right? Correct. And uh, in fact, the guidelines from the Canadian Society of Breast Imaging and the Canadian Association of Radiologists are that after age 50, women continue having mammograms every one to two years. Okay. Uh, but, but you would say annually if they're still menstruating and, and onward if they're continuing to receive 
estrogen uh, after menopause. Yes. And then there's another category we haven't talked about, and that's women with dense breasts should continue having annual because they're at higher risk. And a great Canadian study that was published in the last year showed that in provinces or jurisdictions where women with dense breasts are screened annually, they have a lower incidence of what we call interval cancers. And those are cancers that are discovered after a woman's last mammogram was negative. Okay, you've, you've got, you have anticipated a question I was going to ask you. So what do we mean by uh, dense breast tissue? So all women have in their breasts elements of fat and normal breast tissue. And the normal breast tissue is composed of glands and fibrous tissue and so on. On a mammogram, fat looks black and normal breast tissue looks white. And radiologists divide breast density into four categories, A, B, C, and D. Category A is pretty much all fat. B has a little bit of normal dense tissue. Category C has a lot. And category D has pretty much all normal dense tissue and hardly any fat. And the reason that's very important is that cancer and other lumps, not not all not all lumps are cancers, but cancers look white on a mammogram and so does normal breast tissue. So if a woman has a large proportion of normal dense tissue in her breast, if she's category C or D, we know that there's an increased risk that if she gets a cancer, we won't be able to see it on a mammogram. It can be hidden in that normal dense tissue. So women with dense breasts, if if they do get a breast cancer, and if we miss it on their mammogram, it continues to grow and potentially spread. And those are sometimes found as a lump or another way breast cancers show up as ways other than lumps. And those are called interval cancers. And interval cancers tend to be larger. They tend to be more often spread to other parts of the body, including the lymph nodes, and they have a worse prognosis. So we want to find cancers by screening before they're large enough to present as an interval cancer. How do women find out if they have dense breasts? Great question. Only one way, and that's on a mammogram. It You can't tell by size. You can't tell by texture or lumpiness. A woman can have a breast that feels very lumpy, like full of marbles, and she could be entirely fat. Another woman could have a very soft breast, like an empty sock, we say, and she could be extremely dense. The only way you can tell is on a mammogram. Is breast density reported to women when they receive their mammogram results? That depends which province or territory you live in. There are now Six provinces that tell all women their breast density, categories A, B, C, and D. There are some provinces that only tell category D women that their uh, breasts are dense. And the problem with that is that it's misleading to the women who are category C. They're not told that they're dense, so they assume that they're not dense. And yet they have dense breasts that are at the risk of uh, being missed on a mammogram. And in addition to that risk, Women with dense breasts, as I mentioned, are at a higher risk to get breast cancer. So all women should know their breast density, just like all people should know their blood pressure or their cholesterol level. It's an important piece of health information that should be shared with women. If a woman has you know, high breast density and, and cancers can be hiding uh, inside the breast tissue, what other screening methods are available to help detect breast cancers in those women? It depends where you live. Uh, First of all, let's just say breast self-examination is always a good idea. And if a woman notices a lump, even if she just had a negative mammogram, 
she notices a lump and it's not one of her usual texture things, she should go to the doctor and get it checked. There are lots of tests that can find cancers that are missed on mammograms. The most widely available test is ultrasound. It's not available in every province. Um, and that's, that's an issue because women with dense breasts should be having additional screening. If they want to enjoy the same benefits as women with non-dense breast tissue, I go as far as saying they're discriminated against if the only thing they can have is mammography. We know that women who have non-dense breast tissue are much more likely to have the cancer found early and not die from it than women with dense breasts. So screening breast ultrasound is one thing. Women who have dense breasts who are at a very high risk uh, can usually qualify for breast MRI. And there's some newer tests on the horizon. A while back, you mentioned women of average breast cancer risk. What do you mean by that? That Well, average is average. Uh, there are factors that increase a woman's risk over average. Some of them are women can control and some of them they can't. For example, a woman who has a genetic mutation like one of the BRCA genes is at a very high risk to get breast cancer. Women who've had previous chest radiation for Hodgkin's disease, uh, women with a strong family history, women who've had atypical cells on a breast biopsy and so on. Those are factors a woman can't control, but there are factors women can control to, that might reduce or increase their risk for getting breast cancer. For example, um, taking combined hormone therapy after menopause, uh, we know it's probably safe for the first several years, but long-term use will increase a woman's risk. Uh, there are diet fa dietary factors, especially alcohol. Alcohol increases breast cancer risk, and we know there are new guidelines that people should restrict their alcohol use to two drinks a week. We know that there's a direct link between dietary uh, um, intake of alcohol and breast cancer risk. So women who want to reduce their risk should cut back or eliminate alcohol from their diet. We know that um, a sedentary lifestyle, um, lack of exercise, increases a woman's risk. At smoking or being overweight increases a woman's risk to get breast cancer. Those are things that women can control. And if they act, they can actually reduce their risk to get breast cancer. You've mentioned the breast cancer genes. Uh, can you tell us more about family history and how it plays into someone's risk of breast cancer? So if a woman has a first degree relative, that's a mother, sister, or even a daughter or father or brother with breast cancer, they're at an increased risk to get breast cancer. When a woman has multiple relatives in multiple generations with breast and or ovarian cancer, that indicates that she might have a genetic mutation like one of the BRCA genes. And when women have that situation, their family doctor can refer them to a high-risk program or a genetic counselor to be tested. Uh, and, and if they find out that they have one of these genes, then they can be offered uh, interventions that will reduce their risk to get breast cancer. Do you ever recommend increased screening for breast cancer in women who have more of a family history, regardless of whether or not they have those genes that you've talked about? Yes. In fact, every province and territory in Canada will allow women to attend annually for mammograms 
if they do have a strong family history, a first degree relative usually is enough. The other population we haven't talked about is the increased risk for early breast cancer in ethnic groups. Black, Asian, and Hispanic women get breast cancer younger than white women. Their uh, breast cancer incidence peaks in the mid-40s, whereas in white women, it peaks in the late 50s and early 60s. So women in those groups definitely should be having screening in the 40s. Queer life in Montreal was wild. Montreal in the 90s was a great time, but it had a dark side. It was not a safe city for gay people back then. But what else was behind a series of deaths in the city? Somebody's killing gay men. We want to know why. I'm Francis Plourde, and this is The Village, The Montreal Murders. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. We've talked about various age groups, but we left one uh, out, and that is women in their 70s, particularly women age 75 and up. Should they still be screened for breast cancer? If they are in good health with a life expectancy of 10 years, if they don't have a disease that's likely to be fatal within 10 years, if they don't have advanced heart disease or diabetes or kidney failure, yes, because the average life expectancy of a healthy 75-year-old is 13 years. And at age 80, it's 10 years. So if women are well, and they would like to minimize their risk of dying of breast cancer, they should continue to get screened. And some provinces allow women to keep self-referring over age 74. Other provinces say that, nope, starting 75, you're going to need to get a requisition from your doctor every year or as often as you want to go. The problem is we know that there are millions of women without access to a family doctor or nurse practitioner now. So those women are really hooped. Even in British Columbia, where women can self-refer starting at age 40, they need to give the name of a family doctor or nurse practitioner in order to be screened. And that's a problem because lots of women don't have a family doctor or nurse practitioner. What should they do then? Well, I'm told that sometimes they can go to a walk-in clinic to get the name of a doctor who's willing to receive the report. Hmm seems like a, a gap, a potential gap in healthcare. Oh, yes. Aside from a lump, what are some other signs of possible breast cancer? Oh, that's a great question. Nipple discharge, uh, fluid coming out of the nipple can be normal. In fact, if it's white, yellow, or green, it usually is normal. But if a woman has discharge coming out without her having to squeeze, and it's clear like water or bloody, that's a suspicious sign and it should be checked. It isn't necessarily cancer, but it should be checked. There's a really good website, knowyourlemons.org, that has a, that has a, it's got a picture of an egg crate with a lemon in each of the spaces for an egg, showing all the different ways that breast cancer can show up besides a lump. For example, if uh, suddenly the skin gets pulled in or dimpled, at one spot, that can be a sign of cancer. Sometimes it's not a discrete lump, but suddenly the tissue in one spot feels firmer than the tissue around it. That can be a sign. But knowyourlemons.com is a good way for women to learn what else cancer can show up as. Final question I wanted to ask you. Uh, If women who have listened to this conversation happen to live in a province uh, 
where they may be restricted from regular screening or they may be restricted from screening at the interval in which uh, they would prefer. And they want to talk about getting screened for breast cancer. How should they approach that conversation with their healthcare provider? That's a really good question because healthcare providers are provided with inaccurate information, shall we say, sometimes. And there's a big education gap for family doctors. That's where I would refer back to the mybreastscreening.ca website because it even gives women uh, a script, if you will, ways to talk to their family doctor. And even the uh, organization that recommends not screening women in the 40s, for example, in the fine print, they do say that the decision is up to the woman and the family doctor should give women a requisition if they want to be screened outside the age range that the provincial screening program allows. And that way they can still have a mammogram uh, in their 40s, for example, if their, their province only starts at 50. Dr. Paula Gordon, uh, you are a wealth of information on this subject. I guess that comes from uh, a lifetime of, of interest and specialization in breast radiology. And I want to thank you for making it crystal clear to our listeners. Thank you so much for covering this important topic. Dr. Paula Gordon is a clinical professor in the Department of Radiology at the University of British Columbia. Here's your dose of smart advice. Aside from non-melanoma skin cancers, breast cancer is the most common type of cancer and the second leading cause of cancer deaths among Canadian women. All women should be aware of their individual risk. If your mother, sister, or daughter had breast cancer, you may be at genetic risk. Other risk factors include smoking, obesity, and alcohol consumption. Regular screening for breast cancer saves lives because it detects cancers before they spread and when they're more likely to be curable. Women with an average risk of breast cancer should have regular mammograms beginning at age 40. Women ages 50 to 74 should have screening mammograms every two years or more frequently if you're premenopausal or if you're postmenopausal and on hormone replacement. Those age 75 and older should talk to their healthcare provider about whether to continue screening. Roughly half of all women ages 40 and older have dense breast tissue. Breast cancers may be hiding inside dense breasts. This is something that is reported on mammograms. It's essential that women find out their breast density so they seek out alternative ways of finding cancers such as breast ultrasound and MRIs. Current guidelines are in flux. Depending on the province in which you live, if you're a woman age 40 to 49, you may not have access to regular screening mammograms unless you ask your health care provider or cancer screening agency. If you have topics you'd like discussed or questions you'd like answered, our email address is thedose at cbc.ca. You can find The Dose wherever you get your podcasts. If you like this episode, please rate us five stars so more people can find us. This edition of The Dose was produced by Stephanie Dubois. Our senior producer is Colleen Ross. The Dose wants you to be better informed about your health. If you're looking for medical advice, see your healthcare provider. I'm Dr. Brian Goldman. Until your next dose. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca/podcasts.